Welcome to the Men Up Podcast, and thank you for joining us. I am Christian Shabu. I'm Jerry Chin. Will Van Dyke. Lamar Womble in the house. And together, we are the four guys here for the level up through conversations that dig deep into current events, sports, pop culture, and that goes beyond this moment to create momentum. So guys, this is the first episode, the inaugural episode of the Men Up Podcast. So great to have y'all here uh, and to be on this journey with you and to welcome y'all in to this podcast, to this conversation. And what we like to do at the beginning of every podcast here is something that we call the pep talk. If you've listened to this team before for a podcast, we had one back in the spring called 23 and We. It was all about the Michael Jordan documentary. It's about sports and basketball. All of us have had interactions with sports over our lifetime, and pep talks are such a valuable part of that experience and really a valuable part to this team. And I've been reminded over the last couple of weeks uh, of how important it is to have a great team around you. And so I've thought about the three of you guys, Drew, Lamar, Will, and just how excited I am to have this team around and that the first step in doing anything great and big in this world is about the team that you have around you. But then the second piece of it is how willing are the members of that team to put in the work. Uh, And I've seen that already happening with y'all. Like you all have been connecting outside of me connecting with y'all. And I started off with y'all as friends, but you guys didn't necessarily know each other just a few months ago. And I've seen how you have invested in relationships with each other, have put in the work to make this podcast a reality. And so I am so grateful to the three of you, but also I want to remind the listeners out there that is all about one, number one, the team you surround yourself with, and number two, the individuals on that team and how willing they are to put in the work. You're welcome. So each episode, we are going to have a topic, a question, maybe even a provocation, if you want to think of it that way, that we are going to dig into. And each week, one of us is going to lead the way in that conversation. So today, Drew, what are we going to get into so that we can level up? So when we think about leveling up, we're wondering, what does it look like when guys lead with listening? And the question I want to pose out to y'all fellas, I was thinking about this, and when you think about your relationships, and the majority of your relationships, and the majority of the time when you're in those relationships, who takes the lead in listening? And I would add also, like, who listens more often? Or even who's, quote, unquote, the listener? So I wanted to open that up to you all, just because I was reflecting on my relationships, and I think about men in general. Who's the one that listens more often in your relationships? Yeah, I think, I think for me, uh, you know, I think it just depends on, on, on who, you know? Um, I've, I generally feel like I have a lot of capacity to listen. Um, and so for myself in the relationship with a lot of my friends, I end up being the person that uh, people come to for me to listen. Um, and then for me to, uh, you know, give feedback, give advice, uh, whatever um, they're asking for in that moment. Um, I think inside of my actual relationship, um, I'm getting better at listening. Um, and I think one of the things that we w- definitely wanted to get to was this idea of not being a distracted listener inside of my relationship with my partner, you know, two years ago, if we were having a conversation about something that was like really hurting both of our feelings, like I was somebody who's probably like an overspeaker or who didn't quite let somebody finish their thought or let her finish her thought before I would say my piece. Um, and so there's a lot to dig into around, particularly in, in romantic relationships, 
where I knew I had a lot of growing to do. Um, and so I think it goes both ways. Like in my relationship, I can be, a, I need to be a much better listener, in, even though I've gotten better. Uh, but inside of my friendships, I feel like I'm a strong listener. And maybe even to the point sometimes where people don't even ask me what's going on with me, you know, because just they're so used to just me listening to them. So how does that feel though, Lamar, right? When, when you're at a point where you feel like you're doing an awful lot of listening for the people around you or in your romantic relationship, and maybe that's not being reciprocated. Like, what is that like? There's certain people in your life for certain reasons. And what I've discovered is that you can't put expectations on people that you have not either shared with them. Um, you can't just expect it to be reciprocated. And I think that's what a lot of people expect. Um, but when you do that, you're leaving it to chance, right? You're not, you're not being intentional about what you need from people and you're not communicating that, which goes back to how we communicate. And even in partnerships, like those things are just expected sometimes and they shouldn't be. Um, you can't read people's minds. That's why you have to speak. I know who I'm going to go to when I need to be listened to. That's awesome. I, I love what you said about being intentional. And I love what you said about like, I know who to go to when I want to be listened to. Cause I think about one, there's a difference of, Hey, is someone listening to me? And also, am I being heard? And then back to the intentional thing, it actually brought me up. Uh, it reminded me of a conversation I had with Will just Friday, right? Will and I said to Will weeks ago, I said, Hey, I want to just give you a call and like, let's talk leadership. And then when I got on the call, I was, I just want to hear your story. I don't know you. I don't know what you do for work. And so you tell me, Will, but like I was trying to set up like Will having a storytelling session. And if anything, me just asking questions and the intentionality was, I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn from him. I wanted to answer first when you asked a question, Drew, like honestly, because that's just like my mentality always is just to like share. And I think that it was really intentional on me to not jump in and, and let you guys talk and answer that question because I was like, that's, that is one of the things that I work on regularly is not being the first one to jump in and listening to everybody else. And I think that that's changed over time and even working through all the previous, you know, podcasts with you guys and stuff like that. I mean, I, I can learn so much and, and understand so much about you guys, by just not talking. And I think that that's important. So I definitely uh, find myself and you guys have, you guys get on me all the time about being too self-critical and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that listening particularly is, uh, is a part that I still have a lot of growing to do and a lot of uh, work to do because even in my relationship, with my, I mean, she's, she's a listener, right? She's, she's the one who sits and it's just like, I'm, I can't believe I'm hearing this for the 75th <laughs> or 75th time in our 20 years of, being together, whatever it is. And trying to be the person that doesn't speak first. Um, like what is the thought process around ref refraining or holding back? Or you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you actually do that? It, it's a, um, an impulse response, right? It's trying to also be like uh, a little bit thoughtful <laughs> in the way, like in the ways that I'm approaching it too, because I think that there's uh, benefits to just not just jumping out because it didn't really change what I was about to say. Right. It was sort of in that same, same frame where I was like, well, if I jump in first, I'm going to probably end up saying very similarly to this, which like usually it would have, I would probably started with usually I wait to talk 
so that I make sure that I'm listening first. <laughs> and, and so the, it just changed a little bit of what I was going to say, but the topic's still the same. So it really was just about me being able to, uh, to wait and see what you guys were contributing to the conversation and see how we can build. It would, it would make that point a little bit stronger if I actually did wait. I think the thing that it brought up for me, Lamar, a point that you made that was really, I think, important for me to start thinking about was I like to think of myself as a good listener. And I think most times I, I show up uh, as a good listener, but there are also plenty of times when I don't. And so while we've been in this conversation, even in the last couple of minutes, right, I've thought about, well, what are those moments when I haven't been a good listener? Like what's been going on there? And I think number one, what ends up happening is like things happen, things distract me throughout the day and the week, right? I get preoccupied with either challenges or, or just thinking about things that aren't important to whoever I'm in conversation with, whether that's a romantic relationship, a friendship, uh, a mentorship relationship. Uh, but then I think about, well, what happens afterwards, right? And I feel like most of the interactions or moments that I regret with people that I care about are usually because one of us were, was not listening to the other, right? And I think about recently some relationships uh, where I've gotten out of a conversation, gotten off a phone or a Zoom and been like, man, that did not, that does not feel right. A lot of the times it's because like I wasn't in a space of actually listening, right? I was preoccupied with other things. How is that? Like, do you feel bad? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think part of that is, I think it's good to feel bad about that stuff, right? It's that difference between like shame and guilt sometimes, right? Um, but there are some times where I, I get a little, a little too bummed out or hard on myself about that, right? Which, which to Will's point about being self-critical, I, I think that, that that happens to me sometimes when I feel like I haven't, I haven't listened to somebody well enough. Uh, that is usually much heavier than if I feel like I'm not heard on a thing. When I hear you say that, Shabu, and like I hear this conversation, you know, Lamar's talking about, he said, feel. And I think about what does it feel like when I'm waiting for my turn to talk? And what's, it, what's the difference in my feeling when I'm just waiting for my turn to talk because I want to share something versus, hey, what does it feel like if I'm just pure listening mode? Like I don't have an agenda. And I got to be honest, like being on this podcast and with y'all, it's challenging in a good way. And here's why. One, I think of the three of you as incredible listeners. And like what I was saying earlier was like, I, I, I do feel heard in this group. And at the same time, I have that imposter syndrome of like, damn, I better contribute. Like I better bring up something. So as much as I'm trying to listen, I'm also like, okay, what, what am I going to add to this? And what's so cool is when I'm in pure listening mode, you know, it's just, it's like, what's the moment need? And directionally like we can go wherever we need to as long as you're building off and like there's that flow and it's like a free-flowing basketball offense you know there's the pace and space and so i you know i i like that idea of just and i ask us all and our listeners like what are the feelings going on when you're listening i i think about a couple interactions i've had that have been like work related right and also actually like relationship whether that's family relationship or whatnot and the waiting to talk right some moments the last couple of weeks has been really frustrating because it feels like I've been in the same conversation. So like I'm waiting to talk, but I'm hearing the same story or the same thing. Yeah. I, I end up feeling, uh, and, and this might sort of speak to my, like, like what I was saying is that I'm usually wanting to jump in, but I end up finding myself very defensive when I'm listening because I've, I've said something first. And so now my position or, you know, my point is out there 
And then it's like, now it's, now it's circulating amongst the conversation. And I'm just sitting there like, does everybody get what I, what I'm trying to say? Are you, is it, is it, is it landing? Is it, is it making, so I become very defensive and I'm looking for the little next thing to sort of be like, wait, well, that wasn't exactly what I meant. I find myself having a hard time just saying my piece and then letting it be, you know, just letting it be and just, you know, just listening. How does that, as somebody who leads people, right? Yeah. Um, how does that show up at work in terms of being a boss of people? Like, obviously you have to do tons of listening and yeah. sometimes not respond. Sometimes people are looking for you to lead. Well, I think it becomes part of the conversation of understanding because sometimes it's in a directive mode where it's like, I'm explaining, you know, a particular task that we need to do or something that we need to accomplish. And then it, it comes in the form, work-wise at least, in, in a, did you, does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? And then that opens the door for points of clarity. So it, it, there's prompts. When we're having a conversation generally like this, there's no, there's, no, there's no secondary prompt a lot of times where it's just like, I've said the thing, and then you guys are doing the listening, and you guys are then you know, building on the conversation that way. I'm not being like, does that make sense? Like, does it? Because that's not, there's no task oriented, you know, request in what I'm saying. So a lot of times that's that. When it comes to challenging moments at work, and there's been a lot of them over the last few months and stuff like that. I think what the way in which I normally bring up points now is in a, uh, a less certain tone. So it's, 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 it, it has a softer side where it's like, I'm not the necessarily the authority on this particular point that I want to make, but let's have this discussion and, and then change my tone a little bit. Like when I'm talking about myself, I'm very certain. I'm like, I am, I'm fairly confident in the way that I know myself. So any point that I make, I'm like, this is, this is the way that I feel. And I'm pretty confident in it. But then now it's like a lot of, a lot of challenges with work and all that sort of thing. It becomes a softer tone. Well, I'm going to take directly something you just offered, which I really appreciate, which is the idea that in terms of your work, like we all know on this podcast that like you are, you mentioned that like, you're not necessarily the authority on this topic or this idea, right? But like the reality is within your work context here, you are very much a leader and authority, right? But the fact of being able to have a tone for conversation that's a little bit softer, a little bit more open for a team, I think is something that one is a great reminder that, you know, I'm going to take into, you know, even the next couple of days and week, right? Um, which I just think is, is really important. And I'd love to hear from Drew and Lamar, like, how do you feel when you're waiting to be heard? What does that feel like? As Lamar and I look at each other, waiting to see who wants to be heard first. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a really good question. I think there's a little bit of me that feels like middle school, you know, asked me to dance and like, great, you called on me. I can be heard now. Not going to lie. There's that. And then I also think about like, how do you pay it forward? And that I, I put out as a challenge, especially for all men of like, how do you make sure others are heard? And how do you make sure you're asking questions and leaving room and space for someone else to talk? Because I'll say, well, like what I hear in that story, like part of your leadership, I think we get caught up in listening and saying, hey, am I 
am I asking or am I talking? And I think what we need to think about listening to is also like the volume of how much is being said. So what I hear you say, Will, is like as a leader, part of you is setting it up the task and just asking clarity on the progress, but you not fulfilling that with the team, you know, and that's awesome leading. And like a high performing team is the one where, you know, people are just bringing that to the table. Like you already know the flow. You already know this weekly meeting, we got to give updates on this. And I just, it's just so funny because, and I know I'm tangenting here, everyone, but it's so interesting because like when we think about wanting to be heard, to be listening, like what our turn looks like, I don't know about you all, but it looks different for me at work than it does personally. And my mom brought it up recently. She's like, you're such a great communicator at work. Why are you not this great of a communicator in your family? Wow. And I was just like, damn. And it just made me think, <laughs> what are good communication ass. behaviors? Yeah, what are good communication <laughs> behaviors that we preach at work and I try to embody? And then what am I not doing there in my own personal relationships? And there's a lot. Hey, mom, so, coming for you? Yeah. Moms will always come for you, right? Till the day they're gone, they're coming for you. <laughs> Shout out to her for calling you out, though. It seems like. That is like, uh, I feel like multiple times where you said like somebody, either your, your wife or your mom just like kind of called you out. So A, shout out for sharing that because you don't have to. Um, but B, like taking that feedback, man, that's real. I think what's interesting and to build off what you were just saying is like, well, what are some ways that we can make sure people know they are heard? Right, because there's value in it. I want to also offer the question, Lamar, because you talk about this a lot in your work. Like, what are the good behaviors of listening to communicate empathy? Listen, man, I, I feel like some point in the earlier in the conversation, like it, it all is a uh, exercise in empathy. Honestly, um, there's so many things in our communication that we miss because. Those are feelings that we've never had. Um, and so it's hard, to, it's hard to identify when somebody else is going through something that you've never experienced. It's hard to see it in their body language. It's hard to see it, uh, how they feel. It's hard to, to identify it. So um, it's really hard. So I, I think that there's a level of uh, grace that you have to kind of give yourself, but also more so lean into what Will was talking about was like being softer all the time. Um, just because you don't know what people are dealing with in their head, you want to make sure that they're feeling like they're valued and that they're listened to and that their whole life is actually being uh, considered, even if they're not sharing it. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just think that uh, we always have to operate from that space versus like, you know, let's, let's get A, B, C, D done and whatever you know, whatever happens in between to get there doesn't matter. And I just don't think that that's not a winning formula. For the last nine years, I'm a remote manager. So I've, I've been doing video conferencing for nine straight years. So this is sort of commonplace. And it's really important for me in terms of my discussions and the, the conversations that I have with my team that we do video conference and we always have the video on, stuff like that, because you're picking up on other cues. Do you think that it's become a better scenario for listening because people are more comfortable with video conferencing now? When you're picking up on those nonverbal communication things, like, is that a sign of, of, of good listening? And is it improved because we're all comfortable with video conferencing now? Or is it 
only, like, is it just better when it's in person? Yeah. So surprisingly, I feel that people are more focused on video calls, um, hmm. even students. Um, and so I, I speak to a lot of high school conferences um, and all the virtual stuff I've done with high school kids this summer, kids are locked in because they're like, yeah, there's like, maybe I got my earphones in, but may, or maybe like I've got some other web browser up, but like, if I'm on this thing for an hour and I don't have five of my friends around distracting me, like I'm actually just tuned in here. You know what I mean? Like you can't talk to anybody else. So I, I just feel like there's kind of like this default, uh, attention that you have to give to what's happening on the video call that I think it is increasing uh, people's paying attention and uh, how engaged they are um, in the conversation, especially in small groups. Now, once you get to like large groups, you know, we, I've been doing a lot of like virtual talks where they can only see me and the only interaction I can get from them is in the chat. Um, so I don't, even then I feel like kids are pretty engaged. Um, but I don't know. I, I prefer, in person, but I do like the video. Um, but I think the in person, a lot of times what that does is it, it doesn't allow you to really have the tough conversation unless that person is courageous enough to have the tough conversation. Um, and I think in person, particularly in personal relationships, that's a lot less likely to happen versus like over the phone, text message, um, maybe a video chat, stuff like that. And I think part of that, Lamar, is that one of the things I've noticed around having just so many more video calls, right, and that be the primary way of engaging with people, whether that's work, family, is that it's harder to interrupt, right? And I think part of that is like, we've all experienced just how terrible it can be, like when everybody's off mute and trying to talk at the same time and, and, and just gets all jumbled. And so interrupting becomes uh, a really hard thing. And, and I think we've I, at least I've experienced, like we've allowed that space for like, oh, okay, I'm gonna wait for this person to finish talking. There's visual cues too, right? Like you can see when somebody's muted, right? So you're like, oh, okay, I know that they're listening, right? And so I think that's been a really interesting evolution um, to have relationships that are really driven by uh, online or you know, phone-based, video-based, text-based conversation. I will say that there have been moments where like I've been in situations where interrupting has happened on these calls uh, and it just is ex like it is intensified how disrespectful that feels right yeah. so like in person like i feel like i probably allow a little bit more leeway like if you interrupt me on something it's like oh okay like you know we can resolve that a little bit easier when it's on a video call interrupting i'll just say personally it just feels like such a slight and i'm just like oh this person's not they're not For listening sure. to me anymore and i've done the same thing right and then afterwards i'm like oh shit, i wasn't i wasn't listening and also it's it, a mess it, you can't do it it's just a mess it, yeah. you, it is so it is yeah it's so disruptive and it's just it's a it's a complete mess it, it leads to just chaos think about what it's like when you're in person with people and you're saying something and like three other people have their hand raised right just think about that that scenario and how distracted everyone is from hearing actually what you're saying. Because the person that's raising their hand definitely ain't listening to you, right? The person that's, gonna call, <laughs> person that's calling, yeah. you, know, on the, you know, they see the other people with their hands up, so they're kind of in, kind of not. You know what I'm saying? There's, it, it really is kind of crazy to think about how being on video is better, for, better yeah. for human interaction. But I think in specific scenarios, it seems like it might be. I will specifically put in pauses and I think I've gotten into enough of a routine now with my 
team that like I'll, I'll give them the space in the midst of what I'm talking about so that they can interject. And I, I don't want the hand raise, you know, you can do icons and some of these platforms and I'm like, I don't, I don't want any of that. And also I've on a, on a more than one occasion have definitely just said, if you have something to say, interrupt me. Like I've, I've opened that door so that it's, it's, it's more socially acceptable too. And then I just stop and wait and then let them talk or whatever it is. So I think there's definitely prompts that come from, you know, this current mode. I, I also don't want to, I feel like definitely in this conversation, we've, we've gotten into the current moment of things, but Drew, you were getting on something that I, I want to make sure that we circle back to as well is like, we're going to have to deal with the interpersonal, like person to person communication again, and maybe hopefully some of the skills that we learned out of this moment in time can be better translated to person to person and like being able to, you know, just be better all around listeners. So particularly as men. Um, as oh men. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, you nailed it. Will. I think I bring this up to my team, but I'll, I'll pull it in as a, as a man, you know, we talk about like, what's the impact of leading when listening? And, and like maybe that's even listening. What does it look like? Is that listening first? Is that listening more often? Is it just purely listening? And what I'm hearing you say, Will, is of all the behaviors that majority of the world has now taken on from virtual calls and video calls, what are some of those best behaviors that we need to continue to practice when we shift back to more in person? Because the game changed, you know, and as good as technology is to give us those visual cues, we're going to be without that. So we got to rely on like old instincts of in-person, you know, like now the virtual hand raise has become, I would argue more valuable than the in-person hand raise, because let's face it in person. If if the four of us were in person in a room and someone's raising their hand, it just looks awkward and it feels awkward to hold your hand up versus I push a button and it's up there until someone calls on me and then I take it down. Or if you're in training mode, the training trainer takes it down because it's like, I see your hand all the time. So it, it's a fascinating point and it would be really cool to come back episodes later on this podcast to revisit this conversation, specifically from the four of us and like challenge listeners to be like, Hey, so, you know, how are we all doing listening now that we've shifted back in person, whenever that is. And do y'all need a workshop that we can deliver for you for a small fee of $999? I was going to say, you're not saying $9.95. Just so we're clear on what people are hearing, Lamar. We're not offering our services for $10. Well, you know what I think is actually beautiful? I want to highlight this, right? The way that we have scripted out here, right? Episode to episode, we have these routines, these segments, right? And we're supposed to wrap them up, right? There's a script to do that, all this other stuff. And what just happened on this very episode was we were listening to each other. Will, you know, sort of through the alley-oop to Drew to sort of wrap it up and say like, what are we listening to? And honestly, we just closed it out, right? And so I think that in itself is a microcosm of what happens when you've been listening, right? Like you're able to like come to conclusions, you're able to synthesize, you're able to move forward collectively. And so I just want to shout out like that happened in real time. So shout out to this team for making it happen. We're all, we're all Clay Thompson getting 60 points on 11 dribbles. It's just all passive. <laughs> uh, so as we start to close out today's episode, uh, and keeping within our origins as a team here, uh, which we found in a love of basketball and a desire to provide resources and inspiration 
and motivation to get into action, it is time for a segment that we like to call the Outlet Pass. I am going to start us off this week. Uh, the resource that I would love to share with y'all, um, obviously you three guys, but also the listeners out there, is a podcast called Higher Learning. Shout out to other podcasts. I listen to a ton of them, and Higher Learning has become my favorite. And the reason why is twice a week, I get to hear two incredible hosts listen to their experiences as one a black woman, one a black man, uh, and gain a perspective around pop culture, around society, around what is going on right now in our current social climate that I would never otherwise have. And also, both of them, whether they explicitly say it sometimes or not, uh, are coming at it from a real feminist lens, which I love and appreciate. And so that is a resource that I want to pass off to y'all. Drew, I'm going to send you that outlet pass. What do you got for us? I'm going to plug in uh, a website called www.attuned.to. And it's a, a website I built for my coaching platform. Look, I think part of this podcast is we need men to understand how to advocate for themselves and like when's the right time to advocate. And because we're talking about listening, you know, I'm a professional coach and I feel like there's a void in the world where people need to be heard. And so my coaching organization is all about committing um, to help clients create new action through raising awareness. And the way we raise awareness is we listen to people and it's listen to what's being said. And as Lamar will often say, what's also not being said. Drew, I'm going to say this right now. Plug your shit. <laughs> Plug your shit. Similar to the Drew, um, have, have been working on developing coaching business. I think there's a, a lot of listening that is required um, as a coach. And I just think that one thing that Drew mentioned that I like the idea of listening to what's not being said. You also need to take people at their word with exactly what they say so that, you know, you're not um, spinning your wheels, trying to make something up or, uh, you know, misinterpreting what actually was being said to you. Um, so you just got to feel that out. And that takes time, practice and talking to people a lot and listening. I got two things. When we're recording this. It's start of school time, having two young kids who are school aged, uh, taking and, and being, you know, in, in a somewhat leadership position within my school community. Uh, spent a lot of time this summer trying to educate myself. One of the resources that I found uh, extremely helpful for me, there's a organization called Teaching Tolerance uh, founded by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, it's tolerance.org. They're dedicated to creating uh, equitable school experiences for students and supporting educators. Uh, and uh, they just have a ton, a ton of resources on how school structure, you know, uh, inhibits equality and, and equity among students. And it's uh, just really, uh, really powerful and, and good, just well-researched, well-written um, uh, tips and things for both parents like myself and for educators and, and, and such. So um, I, I follow them on Twitter. They're at, at tolerance underscore org. And then the other one, obviously, just sort of building off of this, got to go out and do that census. That is so, so, so crucially important. I'm hoping that this episode comes out and we still have a chance to go fill that out, but do the census and then go vote. Just get out there and vote. I'm, I'll talk about it every episode if we need to. That, that's my outlet pass until, until that happens. 
Gentlemen, that is it. It is in the books, episode one. Uh, thank you, Drew, Lamar, Will. Thank you all for listening. Again, uh, we come at you every week. We are not experts by any means, but we are willing to be in this conversation, willing to push forward powerfully with y'all so that we are not just responding to the moment, but we are creating momentum for ourselves and our communities for the future.